You're tuning in with your host, Jesse Elliott, an old soul in a young world. Tune in, tune in, tune in. We're here to chop it up about the reality of life of being an old soul. Come in and find yourself, internal wealth. Tune in to old soul in a young world. Old soul, young world. Old souls, young souls, and all my damn souls in between. Welcome back to another week of Old Soul in the Young World with your host, Jesse Ellie. Hey! Guys, it is a very special episode today. We have a female entrepreneur, author, poet, and somebody who has taken her life and her obstacles and turned them into a purpose. Thank you for being here and welcome to the show, Risa Wright. What's going on, girl? Hello. Hello. <laughs> We're so happy to have you here. Thank you for coming. Thank you. I'm so excited. Yes. <laughs> Ever since we met, I feel like this has been kind of a conversation in the works. So like, yes. I'm glad that we made this happen. <laughs> and you know, um, Risa, I will give you the reins to just let people know where you're from and, and kind of what you do right now. Um, hello, everyone. I am Risa Wright. I am an author and poet of three self-published books. Um, That's fire. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm the CEO of Risa Writes Inc., which is in the works um, a publishing services company to help other people get their stories out. And I'm from Boston, Mass., and I'm also an educator and a mom of two. Yes! She wears many hats. She does many things. (laughs) As many women in the world do, because, you know, I feel like it is kind of an expectation of us to be able to do and be everything in a way like superhero yeah. <laughs> you know um and i think a, a huge huge thing is that your passion and your purpose in your writing um is now leading you into starting your own business which is super cool um but before we get into the entrepreneurship side of it um kind of wondering if we can go back to like your basis your beginning um where you started off Like, where did writing, the form of communication of writing or poetry, even start out for you? I know, and you know, it's hard because if you read Risa Wright's books, um, there's a whole story that goes behind everything and it's very in-depth. But um, when did you actually start enjoying books or writing? Um, As far back as I can remember is around that my memory entails is about... Like 10, 11, 12, I would say I got into journaling. Mm -hmm. Journaling was huge. Like within a few years, I can think back that I had at least like a whole stack, maybe 10, 12 journals. And I just would like talk to my journal. Like that was my way of like communicating. I don't have any siblings. Mm -hmm. um, So I grew up an only child. So I was the kid. Big imagination, very creative. (laughs) I was drawing. I mean, I had, the you know, the little boom box. I would sit there for hours writing songs so I could learn the lyrics to sing with the song. Yes, um, facts. So yeah, it was like a lot of poems, you know, little short stories. I even remember I had a typewriter. Really? Yeah. So maybe when I was about like six, seven years old, I had a little typewriter and I still to this day have a little story that I sat there and typed up. <laughs> no way. You know yeah. what's funny? It's like um, 
there's probably people listening in who are like, what's a typewriter? Like, when, right. when, when, you know, and it's funny because my great aunt, um, who I'm named after, who had passed away, growing up, I would go to her house. And in this upstairs room in the corner, there was this old brown desk with this beautiful typewriter on it. And I like at the time, this was in the 90s. And I was like, I knew what it was. But once I started typing on it and seeing like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> almost like how permanent the words were. It was so yeah. beautiful to me. Um, it was such a different form of like communication. It's cool. I never met anybody else who like had mentioned having a typewriter. So yeah. that's pretty fire. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still write your books on a typewriter? No. <laughs> I thought not. about getting one though, just for the fun of it. Yeah. 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 It's like therapeutic, I feel like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah back then it was, yeah, it was more like writing, no, no computers, no laptops, no phones. Yeah. Um, so you actually sat down, focused and, you know, did what you had to do. But even like, I can remember being in school, I was always like doodling or mm-hmm. write. I, you know, I was the letter writer. I mean, back then we used <laughs> to write letters to each other, fold them up. And yes. Yeah. So I definitely come from a writing era. So, um, I didn't know that it was a gift then, you know, mm-hmm. like I didn't know it was just something I like to do. It was just how I passed the time. Right. Um, and just to piggyback off that, I'll say like, you know, for anyone who has children, like, you know, I wasn't as encouraged to like do those things that it could be something. Right. And that's something that now I like to, you know, put that message out there. Like um, my daughter is literally mini me and she does <laughs> all the same things, if not more than I wow. did at that age. So now I'm like, pouring into her I mean I bring her to art places and I show her like you can grow up and get paid for these things like it's not just a hobby it's something that you're really good at because I think sometimes when you're good at something you kind of naive you think man everyone's good at it you don't really know like no like this person might be good at math but I'm good at like I'm horrible at math <laughs> girl me but then too. I meet people Literally that the they're so good at math and they're like oh right. but I can't write an essay to save my life exactly so it's that right yeah. left side brain type thing too it's like are you more on the logical or more on the creative right. um but something that I really want to highlight that you said is like that support given to youth when they have a gift do you know what I mean mm-hmm. because like old soul young world like I grew up always being a like in fifth grade at story time I shared this poem and I've talked about it on the show before but like I will never forget that day it was literally the start to my writing career and I will remember my teacher saying one day Jesse I'm gonna see your book in stores and and I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna buy it and like that stuck with me you know what I mean like that encouragement of an older woman in my life being like I see your gift I appreciate your gift I recognize your gift um and this is what we can do to like bring it forward. Mind you, it's one teacher in fifth grade. So obviously you have to move on, you know, you get new teachers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but when that support and that love, um, is, is nurtured by a mother, by somebody you came from who gives you that option, it's like, um, the growth opportunities are so vast, you know, and it's like you, you're giving that to a new generation now, um, off of your own experience, which is beautiful because like, it looks like a lot of the things that you've worked on creating come from past experience. Do yes. you, do you find that? Um, now? Yeah. Um, in the midst of it, when I wasn't creating, um, and wasn't even thinking about it. And that's another thing I put out there is that this was never like a dream. And that's the difference is like, I never was like, Oh, I'm going to write a book one day. I'm going to, these really were just hobbies that I just, past the time Mm -hmm. so then to think like 20 years later 
And also, um, like I said, I am from Boston. So, you know, I'm from an environment where a lot of us wasn't poured into because a lot of us were coming from homes that had so much going on, whether it be trauma or neglect or, you know, I, my home was safe. And um, but there was a lot of things missing, like emotionally and mentally. Yeah. So those things weren't being poured into me. Um, right. So if that's not being poured into you, then you kind of like are in these spaces. So when I grew up, then I realized that that was how I like maybe was like trying to heal myself or trying to get things out that I didn't feel like comfortable talking to anybody about. For so that's sure. another thing. So then when it came time to write my book, it was therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. And then the connection was made. Like when I was younger, that was my therapy. Right. And, now and then it actually... led me to writing a book to try to heal myself, which then, in, you know, and also help other people heal and embrace their stories. So it's literally like wow. came full circle. That's beautiful. Um, and I do actually just want to show your books on camera real quick right now, just so the audience knows what we're talking about. Um, these are two of Reese's books. This is Twisted Fate Uncut. There's also the Twisted Fate version, not uncut. Right. Um, and then we have um, her poetry book, um, Still I Rose. You can um, get either of these <coughs> online through Risa, um, or you can hit her up directly. Um, but a big you know, topic we're going to be talking about today is um, her book, um, Twisted Fate Uncut, because it is a memoir. And a lot of the things that you've gone through that have led to this are actually explained through your memoir. Yes. Um, and it's funny, like, I would just love to start off um, with the name of it, Twisted Fate. Why did you choose to name the book Twisted Fate? Okay, so there's actually an actual story to this. Oh, there's an actual <laughs> Let's That's go! <laughs> Let's hear it. Um, <laughs> So when I decided when like when the day that it came to my to my brain, the vision and I said and God literally spoke to me and said, you know, and I'm like going through my trials and I'm like in this painful, painful like place. Um, I'm trying to figure out why. Like that's what like every day I'm like, why? Why have I gone through so much? Why am I going through this now? Why? Like I'm in this like state of like understanding. Like I want to yeah. understand what I don't understand. Yeah. And um that's when he told me because you're going to help people. You're going to write your story and you're going to help people with your story. And that's like, okay, so this was the only way. <laughs> yeah. So your you know book I mean? came so. from like a self, a spiritual self-realization. Yes. <laughs> like absolutely. And that's like, when I say this is a hundred percent, this was God. This was, even from, for me to even put that together on my own from beginning to end I cried through it. When they say blood, sweat, tears, like I cried through it. it was, like I didn't want to do it. Like I went yeah. through that. It was like a birth of something. And I was in such like a painful place. Like it would hurt to write. It would hurt. Like I'm crying on the pages in the chapter, um, chapter seven that I was like going through. Yes. Um, yeah. And he told me like, you're going to write your book. And I literally sat down and I am very spiritual. And, and during this time, I was back into my walk with God because um, okay. I was raised in church. I was raised with God. But then, you know, you life happens and like yeah. I always believed. But there's a whole difference between believing in God and then actual walking with God and and taking that journey and doing this with him every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in that place. So like I could hear when he speaks to me, I knew what he was telling me to do. I could feel the growing pains. Um and I forgot the question because I'm no, like, it, honestly, that's, that's the beautiful part <laughs> about podcasting. There's such an open conversation because it, um, 
it brought something up in my mind. Like when you were talking about when you're writing the book and you were struggling and, you know, you're, you're kind of like battling the birth of what you're creating, mm-hmm. this purpose that you were given from an, a higher entity, a power that is not physical, it's esoteric, and, and you're just having to have that that full fate, that full belief. Oh, and we'll get back to it because it was about the name of the story. So I'll let oh, you go. The name. We'll go back, we'll go back. <laughs> but um, was there any point during that time when you were writing it that you were fighting against it like, maybe I'm not supposed to do this. Maybe it, it feels so hard. It feels so difficult that like you want to give up or did you just know like I have to fight through this and finish this book? Um, Yeah, I knew. I mean, in my life overall, I've always been someone who when I start something, I have to finish it. Ooh. So no matter what it is. <laughs> we love that motivated That's mindset. So, <laughs> so anything in my life, I mean, like I dropped out of high school twice. I was a high school dropout twice, (laughs) not once, but twice went to night school, left um, and then got my GED. But either, you know, it's like whatever the finish line is, I have to get there no matter. You know, I don't know how I'm going to get there. I can fail a billion times. But it's like, okay, now what? Like I have to get, you know, um, college. I went to hair school, graduated. um, You know, like if I start something, I'm really adamant on finishing it, even if I'm never going to do it again or, you know, (laughs) who knows what's going to happen. But. I always had that mindset. Mm -hmm. So it was like, it took me about, I published it 2018. I had the vision about 2016. Okay. So it took a couple of years. It wasn't an overnight process. So it would be like months. I didn't, I wouldn't write. It could be six months go by and I started on, you know, put a paragraph here and then a lot of writer's block, a lot of anxiety around it. I'm going in that moment, in that time, I'm going through depression. I'm going through anxiety because of what I was going through. Mm -hmm. So I'm battling that, then life, then anything else that's going on in my life. But then I have this vision in the back of my head that I have to get this book done. And then inside of the book is another expression of emotion and and pulling you back to like past experiences and and making you vulnerable again. It's like, so while you're going through the process of writing and feeling those things, you have to like put those things into words at the same time, which is, it's crazy and it's admirable. (laughs) Um, But I do want to go back to the title. So what was that? (laughs) So I came home from church one night and it was New Year's Eve and I spent New Year's Eve, I think it was 2016, I want to say. Okay. Or maybe the beginning of, might have been the beginning of 2017. And I made a post um, and I put my birthday and I just wrote, I'm going to write a book. And I was like, I came to this decision. I'm going to write a book. And then I put like hashtag, this is my story. Because I didn't have a title. I didn't have, I didn't even have like, I had no idea what I was going to do. You just felt so it. So it was just like, this yeah. is my story. It's like, that's the best way I could tell people like, oh, I'm going to write a book about myself. So the duration of time as I'm writing it, you know, I would talk about it here and there. I'd promote it. You know, I was consistent on that. Like every once in a while, I'd bring it up. I'd post something. Yeah. And because this is back when like, I didn't really care about social media. I wasn't, you know, I was on there for fun, posting memes and my kids. I didn't have any like big thing to post about. Like, oh, I go to work, you know, and then I'm with my kids. Like my life is not like. Yeah, (laughs) I feel. Um, So I always put hashtag. This is my story with the rose. And I stay consistent with that. And people know me by that. Even still now, four years later, they know the roses. They know when they see certain things that that's that's Risa right. Yeah. Um. So then I had a vision to do promo videos a few months before I was going to put the book out. Okay. So my videographer, mm-hmm. um, 
when he gave, sent me back the videos, at the end of each video, he put, coming soon, Twisted Fate. But that was not supposed, that was just chapter seven. So okay. up until that point when I was doing the videos, I was still promoting as this is my story because I'm like, you know, unless something else comes to me that makes sense, um, I honestly was just going to keep it simple and just yeah. say this is my story with, you know, me on the on the cover. And he put it on all of them. And then I said, well, it sounds good. Like, yeah. it sounds like mysterious. Sounds like, ooh, what's that about? Yeah. So I kept it. So yeah. technically... He named my book. Okay, okay. <laughs> In a way. I mean, it was the chapter name. Yeah. But it made sense because, you know. I was about to say is... that made complete <clears throat> sense. Like, if you read full the, fully through the book from start to finish, it is a twisted fate. Like, you don't expect right. how it's going to go and, and where it leads you to. And at the end, you're right. like, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Right. Because yeah. the whole message behind twisted fate. So when I decided to try to get into writing it was prior to writing this book but i was going to write a book about a love story <laughs> so it was when i when when my church it was my church that started encouraging me when they found out oh she can write she can do art and stuff so they mm -hmm. was encouraging me and they and then that's when i told someone like oh i think i'm gonna write a book and it's gonna be memoirs of a true love story I remember you telling me about this oh, when I we first met <laughs> no but i love it i want to hear about it yeah um because that's where I was at. Yeah. And I was in this love story that, you know, and I had this whole life planned out and then things took a left turn, which to me, that's a twist. Yeah. So that's where it twist. So I can't tell you because I named chapter seven Twisted Fate and I don't know where, you know, it's just yeah. this was all the vision along the way. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I will say that to encourage anybody who wants to start a project or start anything like when they say just start, that's a real thing. Yo. Like, just start. Because <laughs> when I tell you, like, 100%. there's no way from when I sat down and just jotted a few things on a piece of paper, and now I have the finished product. There's a lot along the way. And um, I'm very big on stillness. I'm very big on, like, quiet time and, and waiting until something feels right. Mm -hmm. um, I'm big on that, like, not getting ahead of yourself or doing things just to do it, like, if you wait and be patient, you you know, things will come to you and it will work the way Facts. it's supposed to work. Facts. So I really, even to the end of the book, the, I wrote the whole book. I had the chapters, had the content, everything. Then I went in the Bible and said, well, into Google. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <Technically>. you know. <laughs> and I Googled scriptures about, scriptures about to put each scripture yeah. In each chapter, right? In each chapter, there's a scripture in the Bible that has something that relatable that, to the that chapter I went through, right? And I was like, "Wow, this is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah." No, I feel you 100. percent And you know, the thing that's most beautiful about it, um, and while you were talking, like I was trying to listen to you, and it kept coming in my head, and it's like I believe in a divine power. Like I believe yeah. that there is like a spiritual entity that um, guides us and, and pushes us forward to do these things that are not physical yet, but they're an idea. You know what I mean? And, and what, when I say that, the, the words that kept coming in my head when you were speaking was blind faith. I feel like you have walked your life 
um, with blind faith in knowing that something would come in the future, even in the moment if you couldn't recognize it. Like when you started that book, you're already putting, you're manifesting those posts on Instagram or on Facebook. You're manifesting this book is coming, even if it wasn't yeah. finished, even if you didn't have an editor, even if you didn't know mm -hmm. what the title was going to be. <laughs> you knew this final product would come to fruition one day um, using your blind faith. Do you feel like um, faith or belief um, in, in something other than this physical world has played a part in you being able to overcome your obstacles to be where you're at now? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'd say faith, um, my whole life. <laughs> I mean, I was a mom, I became a mom at 16. Um, a lot, you know, a lot of people was against it. You know, I'm 16. So it's like, oh, you know, you probably shouldn't do that. This and that. I was the one, the doctor was the one, the only one that spoke to me privately and said, this is your body. This is your decision. You're going to have to live with it. You choose what to do. Mm -hmm. Now, imagine if I didn't have somebody tell me that. Who knows? You know what I mean? These right. are all the things in life. Like every single moment matters because right. if it wasn't for that moment, it would have been something else. Yes. Everything. Right. Um, so even as far back as, you know, coming up in childhood, I can go back and even if at that time I didn't know I was having a spiritual encounter. Now I can look back and be like, that was a spiritual encounter that saved me. That saved my life. That person saying that to me changed everything or this happened. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. can go back and like piece together things. Yes. And then it makes sense. Yes. Um, so faith was always, I mean, I, my parents separated and I was 18 with a six month old, wow. no siblings, never held a baby. No one taught me how to take care of this baby, but I had love. Um, I wasn't raised on money. Um, I was, you know, my parents worked hard and right. we never went without, but I definitely was like, you know, the hand-me-downs and, yeah. you know, the cheap meals and we wasn't going out to eat. We wasn't going out places. I, I didn't get none of that. It was just like, go to school, go home, hang out with your cousins, mm -hmm. you know, like, Regular stuff, you yeah. know, like nothing like... And then you go straight from being a kid to being, to being a, a mother and, and being responsible and having mm -hmm. to work and having to worry about all these other things. Um, and, and, you know, you kind of just said it within what you were just saying, but uh, it was also brought up in your book. And I want to reiterate, um, you you said, you know, we didn't go out to you. We didn't have, you know, we weren't super wealthy. We weren't this or that, but you had love. And, and you bring up this point in the book about um, finances aren't everything. Be, um, having the physical, the aspects of all these things aren't everything. Um, what really matters is internally what you produce inside and what you can do with that, you know, or mm -hmm. if a situation happens, how you respond to that situation. Um, do you still feel that way today? Um. That like love and, and internal stuff is more than wealth? Um, yeah. Well, I believe I'm imbalanced now. So, like, I believe, I don't, how do I say it? I thank God every day that I was raised the way I was raised and I was not raised to care about things because that's what helped me survive. So that's what, being that young with a child, um, it was only up until about two years ago, um, when I got upgraded to my teaching position that I was able to do things that I was never able to do. 
Wow. So only two years ago. Yeah. So when you start with nothing, like I started with nothing and it never mattered how much I hustled. It never mattered. I was 18. From then on, I was paying rent. I was paying bills. I was paying, you know, getting on the bus. I was I'm on sorry, welfare. I think I have down here you moved seven times before you were 20 oh, or by you 10. were 20. Yeah. 10. Like, close to it. But so from seven, no, 18 um, was when I went into the first shelter. And from 18 to 21, we moved close to three times. No, it's close to 10 times. Wow. <laughs> My son was three years old. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and, you know, throughout, you know, these trials and tribulations, like, um, did you ever see yourself in the future? Like if I had told you, you know, when you had your first or second child and you're in your twenties and you're going through all this stuff on your own and, um, all of this, like, Oh, Risa, you're going to be a teacher in the future. Oh, Risa, you're going to publish, be a book publisher and write your own book. Like, what would you say if I told you that 10 years ago? (laughs) Um, it was not nowhere near in my mind in the future, nothing like at all. It literally, like I said, um, it's just the steps. It's like you keep going, you keep everything. Eventually you get to where, you know, you're meant to be. Um, yeah. And I'm going um, to mess up this quote, but I, there was somewhere <laughs> in the book that you wrote, I think it was towards the end, um, all the bricks that are thrown at you, you, you use those bricks mm-hmm. to like build your building. You know, you use those as your steps, all the negatives, like all the obstacles, you, you create your empire from that, you know, and that's physically and literally what you have done with yourself. Um, but like emotionally and mentally, like I'm just wondering because people listen in and they're like, okay, you had a kid at 16, you, you know, did all these jobs, you moved all these times, you didn't have a stable, quite stable family life, you had stuff, you know, your dad had passed away, you had been in abusive relationships. What kept you motivated to just keep going because like honestly Risa like we met very Mm -hmm. divinely I don't even know what the (laughs) word is to use but like I had an event in Boston Risa showed up because she had seen my work and like came just to meet me and I am so blessed that you did that because this was like meant to be but like throughout you know all of that I would have never known when I looked at you when I met you that day what you had gone through, the battles you had gone through, the scars that you have, um, just because you present yourself so calm, so confident, so balanced. Do you know what I mean? Where did that motivation to be who you are today, like, come from for you? Um, I know that's really <clears throat> deep. Sorry. I'm just, I know. I'm curious for myself because, like, you honestly amaze me as a woman. A long journey. I'm like, damn, like, <laughs> yo, like, how did you go throughout all that? And you're like having two children and you're trying to get your GED and you're trying to, like, be a good person because you're a good person. Not to say you don't have imperfections and you didn't go through mm-hmm. things, um, but you did come out on the other end on the right yeah. side. <laughs> Um, I know because I'm going back memory lane. Um, I mean, it sounds cliche, but like it obviously was in me. Um, I mean, I look at my dad and my dad was a fighter. Um, he definitely absolutely was a fighter. Um, unfortunately, when he passed and he lost, um, to addiction, um, but he always, he always worked. He always worked multiple jobs. He always, um, was in counseling. He, till he passed, he was still going to church. He was still going to A meetings. He was still trying. I mean, like when I went, um, 
what you call it? When they, the only thing I, that they had when he passed that I got was two Bibles, a rosary bead, and there was a folder, and he had just paid all his bills on the weekend. <laughs> and he had nothing in, in his bank account. What? And um, that's all I had. Like, they gave me, like, a couple of paper, you know, like, paperwork yeah. and stuff, and um, I looked through it. And even that's not an accident. Like, yeah. you know, and when my dad passed, he didn't have much, and he didn't <clears throat> believe in, like, living off much and stuff like that. Um you know, still like basic needs and stuff. And I'm just going to go back real quickly to your question before. Because yeah, I go please everywhere. Do, please do. About the wealth thing and all that. So I thank God every day for all my struggles. But <clears throat> now, and I know a lot of people can relate. It's like now you're tr- I'm trying to like build that new relationship with money. Mm-hmm. Because when you come from a poverty mindset, um, it's very hard to like change your mind on certain things and even like say like the first time I could take my kids out to like what I consider a nice restaurant you feel like out of place you feel you know a lot of confidence things and maybe not that you don't deserve it but you have this relationship with money that um a lot of you know people my age um a lot of other entrepreneurs and all these people that were doing this work because we want better um, so I will say, no, it's not the most important thing, but I am happy that we're in, you know, this generation of knowledge and we're able to teach our kids. Like I'm teaching my son about credit. Right. <clears throat> and um, excuse me. And I'm learning about credit now. Right. right. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, there was no like, there was education no, like financial literacy that. that you got as a child. And like, <clears throat> I do remember in the, the start of your book, like you talk about humble beginnings coming mm-hmm. from humble beginnings. And when you're raised from humble beginnings, it teaches you how much more to appreciate things. And yeah, when you get like definitely. you're saying, going to a fancy dinner when other families, they don't even have a second it's thought just, about it. Yeah. But to you, it's like a goal. It's an accomplishment, something that you've done yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And there was, you know, times in there when you said like, you know, you didn't have water, you didn't have heat, you didn't have, you know, certain basic survival needs that people would think about. And then when you got a better job, like I think you said you were making $500 a month. Then you you got a promotion to a job where you're so making $500 a week. a week, right? And I was like not cashing the checks. You were saving them. I was them, putting my checks in the closet. Them. I would cash like one check and I was living up because I was living the same way as if I was only getting that still 500. So like I was paying to rent my room, um, you know, for whatever clothes we needed, our necessities and yeah. that's it. But it was like, I don't right. need that money. Like what, I, what am I going to do with that? Right. Cause my mind was already, it's not a bad thing. No, um, but I almost think it's a good thing. Like not yeah. a good thing, but like, no, yeah, it it's, did teach you to be, you kind of almost from your humble beginnings, taught yourself how to be financially responsible. Cause you're like, if I don't mm-hmm. have it, I'm not going to go spend it. And if I get more, I'm going to save it. I'm not going to go spend it. You already knew like this needs to be held for, for something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but also you wrote like shit would happen. You didn't have emergency funds. You didn't have stuff to <laughs> fix your car. Um, no. Like if something happens in my car, then my car was gone. Exactly. Like there was no, there was no room for error. There was no room for mistakes. There was no room for anything. Like when you're in that, it's like when I did the GED, you know, I had to make a decision. Like, do I want to get my GED or do I want to work? Some people would say, oh, I need money now and this and that. I chose to struggle because I'm like always like thinking future. So maybe that's what motivate me. Maybe that's like one answer to your question is like, I definitely always thought ahead. So it's like, 
I always understood what I do now, or I was learning to understand that is, you know, what's going to benefit me later. Ooh. So, yeah, I can go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> can I go on a quick rant? <laughs> like, guys, anybody listening in, what Risa just said, what you are doing right now, what you are currently doing right now, today, when you're listening to this, decisions that you are making this week are playing into your purpose in the future, things that are going to happen in the future. And just to go back to something that you had said before um, in our conversation, you didn't realize at the time the obstacles and the struggles that you were going through we're leading to something higher. And in the future, now you can look back and be like, that's why that happened. I've gone through the same experiences. Anybody listening in, if you've gone through a struggle, an obstacle, something that has brought you down to your lowest point, and you're like, I can't come back from this, you're only at that low point. So in the future, when you're at your high, you can recognize why you went through that. You can see the growth and the changes that were made. Um, and to speak of growth and changes, like... What do you feel like, Risa, is what has been the difference or like the impact like between, you know, Risa, right? Like now when you're an entrepreneur, when you, you know, you have your books now published um, compared to before, compared to, you know, prior Risa, um, when you were going through the struggle, like what do you feel like that that differences or that impact has made on you? Um. So my first introduction to just like entrepreneurship was um, I always was like trying to make more money. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's so, the, yeah, it was it's the goal to survive, you know? Yeah. So when I was younger during that duration, um, I honestly, well, I'll share this. I don't think I've ever shared this, but when my daughter was born, that's when I put away. So I have a saying, um, I actually wrote a paper on this before, but that my son made me a mother, but my daughter made me a woman. So I had oh my. That <laughs> just touched my heart. I, I think I'm gonna cry. You. <laughs> no, you know what? Um, I had my son at 16, um, 17, and I had her. He was five, like pushing five. So it's five years. And those five years, I kept me and him above water, but everything wasn't always legit. And um, you know, I don't yeah. talk about that in the book. But right. you know, I, I I hustled. I whether it was doing hair, selling yeah. clothes, like. Helping people. I mean, there was one stuff. chapter where you talked about being a dancer, <clears throat> or trying to be a dancer for like one opera, one oh, night, really? maybe. <laughs> sorry, sorry, but yeah, I tried for like a little bit, but that was a spiritual experience. Facts. And at that time, I understood that, and I was twenty. That was right before I I had her, um, so I was like twenty years old, and um, yeah, that whole that experience, like. It was evident. Yeah. And that's what, like, I don't know if it's because I was raised up in the church. I was raised up, you know, around prayer and this and that. And my father was a praying man. Um, and I believe until he passed, and I still believe he's with me, um, that a lot of his prayers, I do believe that your prayers, you know, help your kids and protect them. And you get into these situations, and it's like, how did that happen? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like how did that situation just happen? But that right. just could have possibly saved my life. Right. It did save um, your life, I feel like, you know, like your yeah, mindset. That, yeah. yeah, I was like, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> right. Um, but to go back, remind me of the... Oh, sorry. It's just like, what has been the change in your life or the oh, yeah, impact yeah. in your life from prior to being an author, entrepreneur to now? Um, yeah. So I was always like, so after I had my daughter, you know, I felt like she made me a woman because she's like stand up in the crib and like, you know, your son... 
loves you in a son way, but you're a girl, he's a boy. So he's not looking at you the same way. He's mm -hmm. looking at you like, I love you, but he's not like, want to be you. Mm -hmm. My daughter was like, she would stand up. I remember she'd stand up in the crib. She was little, like one years old. And she'd hold on to the little rails and I'd be like doing my makeup or doing my hair, getting ready. And she would just watch me and look at me. Mm -hmm. And it was like, she want to be me. You know, like that's yeah. the feeling I got. I'm like, she's like watching me. Right. <laughs> and facts. she's 15 now and she still watches me. And um, wow. I felt it and I was like... Like, there's nothing, like, I'm not going to ever put my life at risk. I'm not going to do anything, you know, that can harm me or them or that something could take me away from them. You know, yeah. I'm not going to do that. I was always a risk taker. I was bad. <laughs> I was running the streets. You know, I, I did all that as Yo, I didn't, know you, I didn't know you fought as much as you did. I was like, damn, is she going to hold the hands today when she comes? I mean, I got the hands, but, like, you fought, fought. <laughs> nah, but it, it plays into... To yes. what you know how to teach to your daughter in. in the future, too. Like, I don't right. want you to have to go through these experiences. So let me show you how not to. And sending know? an example. Yeah. 100%. And being like, um, you know, I was who I was. But it's like that growth of like, OK, but now I need to be more careful. I need to be, you know, like not making decisions um, so carelessly or recklessly. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I still went through a lot after that, but I wasn't willing to put my life at risk or do something, you know, like hustle to get money. And then what yeah. if something bad happens? So, but I always was like still trying to, you know, find other ways to get money. So I was introduced to this um, a health company and to like sell health products. Okay. So I did that for a while. Wasn't really like into it. And I think this is when I was starting to realize like, who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. um, and I said this to someone, and like how much entrepreneurship like breaks you down. And then I think, was it you when we were talking the other day? I think we did talk and about I it said, the other like, day. Yeah. How it like changes, you know, like entrepreneurship is so much bigger. For sure. You know, the inside work that gets done as you're on this journey. Yeah. Um, so I did that. was like, you know, made some money, wasn't really feeling it. And this is when I started realizing like, like, I want to be somebody who's really passionate about what I do. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, some people can do stuff and they may be not great, but they can go for the money. Yeah. I'm like, it's hard for me. So yeah. it has to be something that really moves me for right. me to even be able to do it. Right. Um, so then I started learning about like trading and stuff like that. And I did that for a little bit, but it still wasn't like there. And then like, so this was like my introduction. So you know, to answer your question. So before I was an author, I was kind of started to put myself in those scenes mm -hmm. just by being curious about like entrepreneurship and making money, you know, for yourself and starting a business maybe and doing right. something for yourself. Cause I always had that mindset, right. but because of my home life and because of trying to survive, like I wasn't necessarily, my home always came first in my foundation. Like, so it was yeah. like, I was just, was never willing to like you know, make us struggle even more for me to chase the dream. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some people do, but I, I couldn't do that I because that. I knew it wasn't what an I came option from. For you it was like, state. I'm already barely putting food. You know, we have our needs. I'm not going to make us go under that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like for me to go, for me to do that, now I'd be like taken away from our basic needs. Yeah. So like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> right. And like, also when you talk about that too, because like in the, um in the beginning of the book, like you talked about like a lot of the, kind of responsibility that you held in the household. Like, you know, one, being an only child, two, um, the struggles between your parents um, with some physical abuse and just a little bit of a disconnect. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, and learning how to 
like cope with that and 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 even like past coping um accepting accepting mm -hmm. and and I'm just wondering like throughout your experience have you had to to work through these things because like you speak now and you're just you sound so great and you sound so at peace with everything but like was there time periods where you had to go through forgiveness where you had to you know let go um of certain things so that you could continue to be on your purpose um or people let go of people to continue on your purpose um i'm still doing that hey <laughs> to be can you say that again i am still doing that mm -hmm. yeah and that's a that's yeah that's a good one that's a continuous thing um i've let go of long 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 time friendships um not because of what i'm doing but when mindsets change and you are so removed from certain things and then someone is still there so you guys were both here at one point but now you're here and they're still here. It's yes. very, very, very hard to maintain. For sure. Not with everyone. Um, but if if God, and again, if if when you pray that prayer, <laughs> that right. prayer that if anyone is not formed, when you start praying for God's will, yep. that's a very scary prayer yeah. to, to do. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, you know, it can take a long time. I, right. I remember the first time I did it was only maybe like a couple of years ago. Wow. It wasn't, you know what I mean? Like when you pray, your will be done. And if, if this person means me no harm and if he's not the one, and you don't want to, you don't want them answers. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause they're not always because, the answers you no. want to hear in the, but that's the most beautiful thing because healing and, and healing from trauma, when you come from mm -hmm. trauma, um, it's a process, a long process and in that forgiveness and that that genuine understanding of being like, even though I don't want to hear these answers right now, I need to be vulnerable. I need to open up. I need to speak those words out loud and say that um, even if I don't want to hear the response, sometimes I need it. You know what I mean? To keep me right. in line or in check. Um, and, uh, you know, there's... I have so many freaking notes, yo. I can't, like your book... Like, I'm just gonna... I just genuinely need to speak to the people right now. Risa's book... I, I'm a reader. I've always been a reader, a writer. Um, I've taken a little bit of a hiatus from reading books because I've been so busy. This is one of the first books I've read in a very long time, start to finish. And I cried like seven times. <laughs> and it wasn't always out of sadness. Um, it, it was actually out of relatability. It was actually mm -hmm. because the words that you were read, uh, that you wrote that I was reading, I've spoken to myself in my mind before. Like you say shit so honest and so clearly and you're so vulnerable when you write this memoir that it is um it is so healing for somebody else who has been through trauma it's almost mm -hmm. like a self-reflective therapy type book but in story form mm -hmm. um that some parts you're you're nervous some parts she's fighting some parts you're not sure what's gonna happen <laughs> some parts it's scary like it, it it just takes you on this roller coaster in a short format and shows you how much inner will and in, in, in self-belief and in, in willingness to, to change your mindset, how far that can go. You know what I mean? And um, when we first met and when we've talked, you know, I think we both kind of opened up and shared that we struggle with anxiety and depression. Um, and it has played a factor into my purpose and, and what I've done to create this podcast and a big reason why I speak out to people listening in, because I know there's a lot of people that struggle out there. Um, 
I'm just kind of wondering for yourself, like, what did mental health, what role has mental health played in your journey and what role does it play for you right now? Um, if any. So, um, so in the midst of writing the book, um, as I said, I was literally, that's, I would say that that's the first time that I was aware that, I mean, no, it was, it was depression all the way. Um, I don't know if in the past, if things I went through, you know, maybe make you feel depressed, but I think there's a difference. This was when I learned like, okay, there's a difference between feeling a little depressed and then actually being in a depressive state. Mm -hmm. So, you know, prior to like writing the book and during those years, I was like, I mean, I was down. I mean, I was like, I could sleep for like 15, 16, 17 hours, like literally could wake up. When I would wake up in the morning, I, I also had anxiety, so I would wake up, and I still struggle with this sometimes. Um, not as bad then, because I was, like, in a traumatic state. But, um, you know, you wake up in the morning, and I'd feel like I can't breathe. So, like, I'd wake up, and I'd have to, like, really take, like, deep breaths. Um, and it was just, like, facing the day. You know, it was just, like, I don't, I don't want to face the day. And it was, For like, sure. so I was getting done, you know, and this is the thing. If you're functioning... It goes so, and you know what I mean? It's so unnoticed. unnoticed. No right. one even, it's just like, oh, she's just tired. She's fine. She's, she's okay. She's She'll get over no it. No one even would, I didn't even want to use the word. Yeah. So like five years ago, I wouldn't have sat here and said, I'm depressed. I wouldn't have said that. Right. Because I don't even, I, and I still, I don't like saying labels or claiming something on yourself, but this was a real thing. This is like really what I went through. Um, yeah. And... I would drop my kids off to school, and if I didn't have to work, I didn't have to do anything, I was back in that bed, and I was in that bed all day. I didn't want, you know, and, like, and I still, and I would have my moments of, like, I'd be good. So, like, in front of everybody else, I was good. Yeah. But and behind that's, closed doors. that's masking, you know, right. like, that's, like, in this, and then it wasn't until, so I went through those couple years on my own, and I, I got out of that on, like, my own um, accord, then I went into counseling. Wow. So it's like you go through two years of depression and anxiety and you're going through this on your own. Then I hit a low moment where it wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, I'm yeah. not out of this. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I went out of this completely. Right. Um, and I walked into a counseling place and I literally like broke down. I was crying. I was just like, I don't know, but I need help. Like I've just been through too much in my life. And counseling, I always was kind of like... um bias towards you know like um i didn't grow up in that like with my father's issues like we should have been in family counseling we should have been there was no when i grew up it was like you don't talk about yeah you sweep it under the rug it's silent right nobody so i didn't learn um how all that is mental health you know it's mental health if you um if someone asks you if you're okay and you say yeah and you're not right so now it's like (sighs) Anybody who talks to me, I, I tell you how I feel. <laughs> like, there's no more. If I don't feel good, oh, I'm tired. Or, oh, I don't feel good today. Oh, I'm struggling. And that needs to become the norm. We should not be saying we're fine if we don't feel fine. <sighs> oh, my you know, like, God. That's not... 100%. 100%. That's fire. And, you know, it's crazy because um, there's a song I've been listening to on repeat the last couple of weeks. I'm going to send it to you after the show and I'll attach it to the description in this YouTube video, but it's a song called fine. And it's literally like, 
Um, so the, the beginning of the story is like somebody asks him if he's fine and he's like, yeah, I'm fine. If uh, F is for not doing all right and I is for I'm not OK and N is for like I, it's just talking about like when people say that and we just respond out of um, normalization like, yeah, I'm OK. Oh, yeah, everything's good. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. We're always good. You know, what I mean, like mental illness, mental health. I don't even like to say it's an illness because it's just health. Checkups are health. Um, mm -hmm. Making sure you're okay physically is health. Mental mm -hmm. is just the same thing. We should all be able to speak on that. And I came from a household as well where like my family has patterns of mental health issues, mental health problems, um, men and women. And for years and years, I had struggled growing up and nobody spoke about it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even understand where these patterns were coming from. I didn't understand where my struggle was coming from internally, externally. Um, and it took so many years for us to even start admitting those words, depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, alcoholism, like they were there, but they weren't spoken. So silence sometimes can be so like strong, um, in, in family dynamics, um, that, and that's something that we need to change the silence. You know what I mean? Being able, like you say now, you talk to your kids about these things, mm -hmm. you open up to them about them, um, these things. Do you open up to the point where they understand the struggle that you've been through? Or do you feel like you still kind of try to hide that with your children personally? Um, so my son, I waited until he was 18. Um, to tell him beginning to end. Wow. So like okay. throughout, I was having the conversations, yeah. but then there was a lot of like, you know, there's still things you don't, you know, you want them to understand. So once he was like, okay, he's has an adult mind now. Cause yeah. when I was growing up again, it was like 14. It was like, Oh, you're getting a job. You're buying your own stuff. Oh, 18. You on your own. You're this and that. It's like, <laughs> your brain isn't even like developed. And right. we were, you know, to do all these things and take care of so many things. Um, so I did talk to him, um, like I told him, beginning to end. And I think that's important. Uh, a lot of people struggle because of family secrets or because of things they didn't know. Like, I knew my dad was an alcoholic. I didn't know he was a drug addict until, like, a little over a teenage, you know, like, after yeah. I was already out the house and everything. So all this stuff was going on. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Now, was it, would it have been better if I knew or didn't? I don't know, but I think education matters. And I think understanding things matter and yeah. um in communication i think just in general like us yeah. talking about it us being open us being able to you know record this and let other people watch it like um just opening up and it's okay to not be okay like you were saying it's okay to be vulnerable and talk about the trauma the past etc um and you know i i just need a quote um in your book, in uh, Twisted Fate Uncut, on page 50. Um, and I think this was huge when when I read this because I have always felt this way. And to see that you said it, I was like, yo, I'm not alone. Um, but it says, when you have a calling in your life, the enemy, and I'm not, this is not quote-unquote word for word, but when you have a calling in your life, the enemy will continue to keep you down and put you down over and over. And the key to, you know, getting over the enemy, putting you down or those obstacles is to keep fighting, is mm -hmm. to keep pushing forward, is to keep going forward. Um, like, just how, what advice do you have? Because, like, Risa, like, when when I look at you and people listening in, like, you know, a single young mom, 
uh, going through shelters, going through poverty, going through struggle, getting your GED on your own, being in abusive relationships, losing so many people in your life and looking at you sitting here today as a strong woman who is now writing her book, starting her own company, which we'll get into next um, and all of that. But, you know, what was that that key to keep fighting or keep going? Was it just that knowledge of knowing you had that purpose in the future? Um, I don't, it's such a hard question. It is a hard um, question. Because when I think it's like, I mean, I definitely always been a fighter. Um, So I don't want to say it's in you or it's not or, you yeah. know, because I believe anyone who, you know, you can get there. Yeah. Um, so I would just say, I mean, you you can't I'll say what you can't do. You can't let failure, you know, stop you. You can't let your mistakes stop you. You can't let you know, anything you've been through stop you. Like, you do have to, like, really... Because um, I don't know if I always believed in myself. I think I'm still um, struggling to believe in myself. Because it's it's other people that have um, encouraged me to be who I am. <laughs> you know, too. so um, I definitely can owe to all the people along the way that, like, reminded me of who I was. Um, mm-hmm. And again... I feel like that's spiritual. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like it's like these strangers, these people I don't know Facts. who come in my, before I wrote a book, people would come in my inbox and be like, oh, you know, you really inspire me. Or like, oh, you posted this quote. And it's like just something little that can make someone else's day. Right. Um, I'm a helper. I'm a server. Um, so I believe in serving. I always was helping other people. I always, um, I mean, I sit and people share their stories. And now because I have my book, I feel like it's even more. Sometimes I'm like, okay, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) now I know like I have like a million books in my head of all these people's stories. But um, it's a, it's a, um, what's the word? It's, you know, they say God won't give you anything that he doesn't trust you with. Yeah. So God trusts me with people. He trusts me for with sure. their hearts. He trusts me with their secrets, with their stories. People will sit with me and tell me things that's like, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, like you went through all that. And I remember um, when I was in hair school, um, someone I met who now she's literally my sister, like family. Um, it's been over like 11 years. And she shared with me her story. And at the time I had went through so much, but I wasn't at like, the breaking point you know what right. I mean like the breaking point was when I wrote the book yeah. <laughs> that was when I that, that was my moment of like how the heck did I survive all this like right. how, when I was looking over my own life so up until then I was kind of downplaying what I had been through it right. just seemed I don't know it's like I feel like it's almost like a sorry I cut you off but like mm-hmm. a fight or flight mentality because you're going through so much it's like if you had stopped at any point in that journey and like sulked on what was going on, like, oh, I don't have this. I don't have that. I can't. How am I going to get through the struggle? How am I single? How am I going to figure this out? You might not have been able to continue. You know what I'm saying? But it was like that mindset of almost being able to just like keep going and keep pushing. And then yeah. now you're able to look back and reflect and be like, wow, I really did all that. And like, I just want to highlight that for anybody listening in who's come from an abusive household, like like we said, or and I'm not just saying abusive, but we talked about our environment 
and how mm-hmm. important the environment that you're born into affects your future and how you go forward, not only in your thought process, your mental health, your physical self, how you present yourself to other people. Um, you are always a giver and you would give, 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 give to everybody to the point where it almost became a disadvantage until you you realized it, but also realizing you're a server and you're here to help and this is part of your purpose, but it's all lessons. So it's like right. anyone listening in who right now, like you think that you can't go forward because of where you started, because the environment that you were born into. Right. Yo, I'm telling you just by Risa's story, by, by my own story, like you can keep going forward. You can keep pushing no matter what it is or, or who comes in your life and tells you what you can be what you can't be um having that mindset of knowing the future is going to be better than the the present um in in having that willingness to go you will see the things around you in the universe start working for you um and that you know seems like um also a theme throughout your book the more you believed in yourself the more you invested in yourself um raised your kids, got your GED, knew that you could have a career, knew you could do this and that. Did you feel like you started to see the doors opening up through the universe um, because of your own manifestation of like trying to do something positive? Do you feel like it kind of like looped back to you? Um, You mean like prior and to now? Yeah. Or just the whole way? Or just like the whole way, like just what you've done. Like, do you feel like what you've put out has kind of come back. Um, yes. And I don't have any regrets. I remember I said this to someone and they was like, oh, I have so many regrets in this and that. And it's like, but everything matters. You know what I mean? Like everything that led up to anything, every single, st- I mean, even sometimes down to like the seconds, like, you know, like I think about stuff like that. I think yeah. about like, oh, if I wasn't, um, here at this time in this place and this but you know what i mean like it's that like this one like, happens like yeah it's like there's billions of people right. in the world in our whole life we're not gonna meet a billion people but Facts. we're gonna meet people who some are gonna hurt us some are gonna be good to us but i was always adamant on not changing who i am to the core and i come into contact with certain people who are in bitter places they're in that stuck place they're in that unforgiveness place i didn't i learned what forgiveness means in like my late 20s which is you forgive for yourself mm. so you are forgiving the other person and we we have to forgive because we're all sinners and god you know is going to forgive us for our sins but you forgive for yourself so when you hold on to that so I, I, you asked that earlier is like forgiving your parents forgiving and that's what they say like you begin your healing when you understand your parents are just <laughs> they're human too yeah and those are conversations i have with my kids it's like I'm like, I tell them how I feel, you know what I mean? Like you can't always be like that too strong person because you're going to break. And I mean, I've had a million and million, million, million breaking points. Um, But you do have to get up and you have to keep going and you have to find, um, you know, things that you're passionate about. You have to find things that is for you Mm -hmm. outside of being a mother, outside of being a daughter, outside of being a friend. Like I'm, I'm still there. Like this is still new to me where Mm -hmm. like every day I'm like reinventing myself and trying to do better. And I always was like that. Um, so that was always in me as far as like, I always wanted to be, you know, somebody it was like, no matter what I went through. And, um, I mean, I've been through a lot, a lot, a lot. (laughs) 
and you gotta a check lot, out the book to lot. know a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Even yeah. um, even what I wrote in the book, that's minimal. Right. There's so much that is not in there. You know, yeah. there's a lot that I didn't things I wasn't comfortable talking about, or you know, things with my kids want to protect certain, you know, people, yeah. stuff like that. Um, of course. So I really was very um, specific, as you saw, like with the topics, I, the experiences I spoke about and like really honing in on those and like, how can I help someone? Yeah. That was like, my goal was like, okay, how can I use, because God told me you're going to help people. It was like, each chapter was like, okay, what message do I want this chapter to get across and how can I help someone that may be going through this right now? Facts. Cause that's the thing about when you come out of something, um, I don't ever want to be so far out of something that I can't still sit with someone that's going wow. through it. You know yes. what I mean? And that can be a challenge. Yes. Um, and even like I said, I'm mentoring right now. That's like, I'm doing that because a few years ago I was there, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, so yeah. it's like, I might only be a little bit further than that and I'm not exactly there, yeah. but I know how that feels. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's, so it's like an obligation. Right. Almost like, yeah, we are supposed to go back and help. You know what I mean? That's why God, I watched the sermon and I remember it stuck with me and he said, if I can say it right, he said, God blesses you. So you something like God blesses you so you can or God blesses me so I can bless you. God blesses you because you can bless them. Right. And then that's how it keeps going. A hundred percent. And that's, so. that's how I feel like, you know, for people like us, um, when we can take our struggles and our obstacles and put them into a form where then we can relate that to other people mm -hmm. to get through their own obstacles and struggles we're winning. You know what I mean? That is the wealthiest that we could ever be when you reach that point where you can finally give that back and feel fulfilled by doing that. Um, and that's literally exactly what this book is. And I said this to you off air, but I'm going to say it on air. When I, when I read Twisted Fate, um, how it's physically put together, the the proverbs that you put, um, the sections in between chapters where you can write about your own struggles, that she gives you space to physically write on the lines about what you're going through and reflect based on chapters. Um, it's just so beautiful. And in the translation of this into the business that you are now um, looking to create and the publishing company that you're looking to grow in the future, um, you know, Risa Wright Inc. Can you tell us like a little bit about how you writing this book translated then from, you know, a passion to kind of being entrepreneurship to now kind of going towards like a business sector? Um, what does, you know, Risa Wright Inc. look like in the future? Um, so when I wrote the book, um, you know, as I said, my vision was I'm writing this book to help others embrace their story. Yeah. So then as I'm on this journey, as I said, everything always like <laughs> it just goes. Um, yeah, for sure. Then it was like people is like people would be like, oh, like I would love to write a book. You know, like I'd meet people, I'd go to these events and they'd be like, oh, I would love to write a book. And the thing was, I did that by myself. I could not afford um, down to like the clothes I'm wearing on the cover, I had to return. Like there was, there was no budget. Yeah. The budget was negative. Yes. And I was, I'm never, and I still am in that space. And that's what I'm saying, you know, trying to build that like better relationship with money where you're like willing to invest more. Um, yeah. But I've done this on like a trying not to take 
from my home. So it's like, you know, that's how that's just how you think when yeah. you've always been on your own and you know what it feels like to really not have and to really, you know, I still, you know, like struggle. You know what I mean? Like I'm not sure. nowhere near like, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I'm just like a little bit further as I go yep. of getting out of it. Um, So I did this on a nothing budget. And so now I so then it started making me think of like other people who are like, well, how many people would want to write a book? And maybe they're looking at, you know, pricing and they're just like, oh, I can't do that. You know, and then maybe that's going to discourage them. Yeah. So now it's like I want to show people and, you know, I want to create something for the people like me. Right. Basically. And um, there's somebody I look up to. Her name's Mia Ray. She doesn't know me, but maybe she'll hear this. Shout out Mia <laughs> she, Ray. She's an amazing, amazing, amazing woman entrepreneur. <laughs> don't know her like she doesn't know me she's from detroit um she has a bag line and luxury bag line of her you know it's her own brand and um she says she created it for girls like her like she wanted to create something like with good quality and good and that people would love but affordable right and you know i look up to her and i've like followed her journey and everything and um and i can relate so much it's like and that's me that's like yeah. How can I create something where I can help somebody put their story out, but somebody who is just like me? Right. You know 100%. what I mean? Or maybe not like me, but yeah. I definitely want to cater to people that look at this and maybe they're like, how does she do that? Like how I want a book, like how and show them how it's done and like help them get it done on like wherever they're at in life and in their budget. And if you don't have no budget, we'll figure it out. And how can we figure it out? Because that saying is true like god doesn't give you um a gift based on your finances he gives it based on like your faith and like what he will help you get there you know what i mean yeah. um so if you got to buy clothes and return them and if you have to <laughs> do your own makeup girl and, i've said it on the show you know what i mean like half of the outfits i wear in the show i buy in return <laughs> i I, I literally Amazon Prime shout out you you know don't come after me but oh they have like um, a try before you yo, buy now try before you try, girl trust me I know all the details in and out I'm like Cole's number one return girl every month um but that's the beauty of it like you can see this physical product you can see this book and when I read it I'm like oh my god it's so well made the different like it's just so personalized personable um mm. Not even knowing you did this with no budget, not knowing you had to return those clothes, <laughs> not like you have a professional photo oh, no. shoot. Like it's just all these things that go in the the behind the scenes stuff that people don't know, you know. Um, but is you know, Risa Wright Inc. Is this um in the works right now? Is this a hundred percent official? Um, or where is that process at? Yeah, so it's in the works. Um, so what I'm working on right now is I'm working with a couple people. So my um, idea is that I mentor like two, three people and, you know, to, so I can go through the process, see what it looks like time wise and what it entails and then really decide like, you know, what I'm willing to offer and how far I, you know, what yeah, I want to do. Um, sure. Because definitely, like, memoirs are my lane. Memoirs and poetry, that's my lane. Um, yeah. So it will be very, like, there'll be a lot of boundaries around like what I'm willing to do. Cause I'm going to do like what I'm comfortable with and what I feel like I can offer, you know, I'm not going to say, Oh yeah, I can do everything. And it's like, no, yeah. like this is what I know how to do. Right. Um, right. So right now I'm mentoring a couple people. And then my idea is to like complete those few books that I have like two, three examples of people that I worked with. We, you know, we did that. They have a finished book yes. and then I'm going to go off of that. And then I feel comfortable that then I can like, 
set a price or like you know figure out how that's going to look and what right. I'm going to offer sure. um so it'll be right now the idea is like publishing services so like you come to me the, with the idea um you have a vision like are you a writer are you not do you want me to write it um let's figure out how we can get it done mm-hmm. um and then taking your idea and getting it to a published book. okay Yes, um, that's amazing. You know, and I mean, even I mean, it is a product, like you said, and it's right. like, um, like I said, um, that's that's another avenue of making money. So yeah. that's you know what I mean. For yeah. so for the person who is like, you work a job, but like you're thinking like, how can I make some extra money? Um, yeah. you have a book, right. you know what I mean, right. and now you can you can start something, and you can get your story. I hear people tell me their stories, and I hear amazing survival stories or even people that are still going through stuff and people tell me the childhood and all these things I've gone through and I sit and I cry with people and I you know what I mean and it's like those are the stories that need to be highlighted that's what needs to be in books that's what people need to be able to read so it's relatable like like I said like how many people listening in are gonna be like yo I came from the same upbringing as Risa but I'm sitting here today thinking I can't do it because Mm -hmm. everybody around me and all my life everything has told me I can't do it I'm not good enough but the fact is you're just not in that mindset yet but there's people like you who Mm -hmm. are and if we can just show that as an example through stuff like this publishing it like yo you know Risa writes might be publishing Jesse Ellie's first book like y'all don't know but um it's it's that's how we can make the change for the future. That's how we can show younger generations um, it's OK to talk about these things. And in that in itself will make the ripple effect to like break mm-hmm. the generational chains, break the family chains, um, be that one person who's like the black sheep. And it's like, yeah, you've had mental health problems in your family mm-hmm. for six generations. Well, you're going to be the one chain to break that shit and do something different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I really feel like that's what you did. And and through not only the books that you've published, but the publishing company you're starting and you yourself as a being, Risa, like um, so admirable, so inspirational um, for for youth, for, for women, um, for anybody going through a struggle. Um, I think it's so important for us, like I'm saying, um, to be able to put that on the table. And I know how much it probably took you um, personally yourself to get to the point where you were able to physically put this into a form. Um, so I just want to thank you for that, for sharing it. Um, and I, I do have one more question for you. Um, I ask all the people who come on my show this question, but I'm just wondering, you know, as Risa Wright, through what you've been through, your life, et cetera, um, what does it mean to you to be an old soul in a young world um, or to have an old soul? Um, so I just have one thing to say. Um, for something Please you do. just said before that. But Please I do, do. want to say off what you just said is that, yeah, to the people listening that they feel like they can relate and that there is a reason why you feel different. And there's a reason why you feel I always felt like the outcast. I always felt like not for nothing, but the F up and the screw up. And I, and I, I was a risk taker and I was, you know, like I said, running around once I was old enough, I was doing, you know, I always had a strong mind. I was doing me and all that stuff. And like, and that comes with things, you know what I mean? It's like, and it's not a bad thing. Um, and if you are listening and you feel like, you know, why don't I feel support from my family? Why don't I feel love? Why don't I feel this? Why don't I feel that? It's like, 
God has something for you that is like so big. And sometimes he really does have to get you in a place. Um, and maybe if we don't know that we fight it. So it's like, you don't know that until you know it, but this is why I really will, you know, I always say like, it really is important to have, um, spirituality and have that in your life. Um, because you want to have discernment. You want to have, know what alignment feels like. You want to know what it, what it feels like. I mean, I could have avoided now I do now. I know when I pray about maybe like, um, a relationship or a person and stuff like that. I know, I I know what it feels like when he says no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you want to feel that then you can start to avoid these things. And that comes with break. That's how you break the generational curses. You, it, it's hard. (laughs) It's very, it's very painful. It's very hard. It'd be very easy to just go through life and do whatever. But it's like, if you want to make an impact in life and for other people, um, you know, you have to do the hard work. And I just want to say, like, to those people listening, like, there's a reason why you're like, why am I going through so much? You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because they say, if the devil got you, then he'll leave you alone. Yeah. If God wants you, you know what I mean? He's going to keep. And if you have a calling, it's going to keep calling. And if, you know, all those things, they're not just sayings. They're not just like, I literally can, like, I want to say to everybody that I can literally testify that I've seen what God can do. I've seen, I've, I've been at the bottom. I've been at a lot of low points and been through a lot. And if, you know, if you have something inside of you, like really just try to push through however you can. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry, just before you give your old soul answer, um, I just want you just like, I feel like you motivate me to like do my motivational rants. So it's like, um, I just got to say to everyone listening in, like, um, I have always felt growing up, I was weirdo. I was different. Um, I, I felt uh, uh, I felt like, you know, if there was a whole crowd of people, I was over here by myself. I just never felt like I fit in. Um, and, and for so many years of my life, in my teenage years, I had convinced myself that I didn't have a purpose here and that I was a mistake and that that God or the universe or, or whatever you relate to or you want to call it, put me here by accident and that I wasn't actually supposed to be here. And, and to the point where I thought if I left this world, it would be better because I was confused being here. Um, I just want to let you know that if you feel those ways right now, if you've struggled through that, and if you relate to anything Mia Risa said, it's wrong. <laughs> it, it is something trying to get in your mind. Um, it is that that devil, that advocate trying to come through and, and break you down and try to make you feel like you're not good enough, that, that your purpose isn't good enough, that your voice isn't loud enough, that what you have to say doesn't matter. I want to tell you that it does matter. Everything you do matters. Everything that you're going to do matters. And you are important and you are meant to be here. And everybody in this world is going to benefit from you being here. Um, And when I read your book, I really went back to that moment in my life um, when I started recognizing that I was wrong thinking that I was not supposed to be here because I am supposed to be here and I do have a purpose and Risa has a purpose. You have a purpose. I just had to say that. That was like that divine. Yeah, like, like, I just had to say yo, that. Like, it, was it was nothing. Just, <laughs> it just like, it's one of those things like when you <laughs> said, yo, you had to write your book and you just started writing your book. Mm-hmm. 
it just comes through you. Sometimes there's things that you just need to let come through you and, and be vulnerable and be open about it because that's what will change the future. Um, all right. I'm going to stop and ranting. you can do it. Like, you can. Yo, like, you can. Like, I really, like, I'm that person. Like, I always, you know, like they say, like, oh, I don't look like what I've been through. It's like, so people wouldn't know. And right. it's like, and I'm very, like, you know, up until I wrote my book, like, I was not somebody putting my business in public. I'm not that person. I was never on social media, like, yeah. complaining or this and that. Like, no, 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 no. I dealt with everything by myself. So right. I was very, you know, so when I come outside and it's like, you don't know what went on in that house. You don't For know sure. the breakdowns, the the tears, you know, the time in the car and you can't move and, and you're stuck and you're like screaming and crying out to God. I mean, I went through a lot and this was all the way from 16 years old is when like things just like hit. And after that, it was like life happened and it was like I'm on this like roller coaster of life and um. don't ever think that there's not this. Like I said, I hear so many. We're all. Yeah, we're human. Like uh-huh. every single person has yeah. a story, yeah. and that's. I did want to say like that was another reason why when I wrote it, um, you know, because I felt like a lot of celebrities write memoirs, right? But like mm-hmm. after, like then they tell their whole story. They're yeah. like, oh, this is where I started, and this, and I made it. Right. I told my story when I was rock bottom. Right. So like I was in that place of like, I can let this crumble me. And I and I've seen what that does, and you can be stuck there for the rest of your life. Yeah, is that serious? Yes, like depression and all that. I mean, I've seen it. You can be um, so defeated that you for feel the rest you cannot of your move life forward forever. And that's what and I, you will stay yeah. there. You will never yeah. date again. You will never leave Trust the house again. You will let yourself go. Yeah, you will like you know just you'll diminish yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like life is gonna go on. Right. And people are gonna live. The, you know what I mean? Right. People are gonna go on and. Right. You really have to get it for yourself. You know what I mean? Like I can say like, of course, I had my I had kids young, so I had responsibility. So I did have something that, you know, if someone doesn't have that motivation every day because mm-hmm. um, I don't know what that's like. I've always had kids. So I know. So I don't know the other side of like having to really fight just solely for yourself. Yeah. So I can imagine that that's you know what I mean? Because you don't have anybody needing you in that moment so it's probably a you know i'm sure a lot harder because now you really have to dig so deep because there's nobody coming to you like oh i'm hungry (laughs) i need i I need to do this i need to do that and then you have to get up yeah so you know what i mean if you can find and that's i really you know this is where god comes in because if you don't have a father god is there if you don't have a mother god is there if you don't have a friend god is there and when you're in your lowest point and by yourself God is the one that's going to lift you up. Nobody on earth can do that for you. Yeah, like and, nobody. And I hope you're okay with me saying this, but mm-hmm. um, I tr- um, so I I have gone through churches. I've gone through my own religious spiritual experiences, and I've come to the realization. Um, I use the word. I think God sometimes puts a label on things that it turns people off. And mm-hmm. I just want to say when Risa is saying when God's there, uh, God is there for you, like. If you want to call it the universe, call it the universe. If you want to call it your purpose, call it the purpose. I'm just saying that there is a higher external power outside of us that is guiding um, choices, decisions. And when you act, it will react. You feel me? Um, And it, it is something that we can't express. We can't. 
put our hand on, can't put our finger on. Sometimes you can't put a label on it. But if you're listening in and you don't have that connection with church or quote unquote God, just know that there is a higher power in the universe that is always willing and waiting for you to accept your purpose. And when you are ready to accept it, it will start reacting to what you are doing. And that's when you will see the manifestation of your actions um, going forward. Um, and sorry, I, I just want to say that just in, mm-hmm. in, in case anyone's listening in who yeah. isn't, um, yeah, doesn't believe like in God, etc. They say you have two things you're fighting every day. It's the yeah. two battles. It's like something telling you you're not worth it. You're not this, you're not the two voices. Right. So it's like, you know, it's, a, you know, in those times, that can get you, you For know, sure. and make you question yourself and make you not want to leave the house and make you like feel away about yourself and make you like, oh, I don't want to go to that event because for what? Like what yeah. is and I still get those thoughts sometimes. I still get those today <laughs> coming to the show today. I was doubting myself. I was questioning if I could do mm-hmm. this today. I was nervous. I'm like, oh, my God, this book is so good. How am I going to highlight Risa? How am I going to highlight my guests before Risa? But you know what the thing is, guys? It's about doing it. It's what Risa said in the beginning. It's about starting it. If you don't start it, you'll never know. You feel me? But once you start it and you realize, you can start adjusting. You can make mistakes. You can keep going. But, But the first thing is taking the step. You know, I take the step to get better, to do more, to help others. Um, Look outside of yourself as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like once you internally reflect, then then reflect that to other people Mm -hmm. because they might need it just as badly as you did, but they can't ask for it. Um, And look to other people as, you know, like growing up, I don't feel like I had like like specific role models where I feel so I was always kind of looking to like sorry you know like if I had a teacher or somebody like I was looking for like role models yeah outside and I tell I tell my kids that too I say yeah. you know what I mean like there's so many people along your journey it's like look to those people I tell my son like you know look to you know I can only I'm not a man so I can't yeah. teach him everything I can teach him only so much and um you know those people that come in your life that mean good and they you know look to them and that's yeah. how you're gonna all those pieces you find along the way to like encourage you and um and I think everybody also just to wrap wrap this with a bow every single person who comes into your life is for a purpose mm-hmm. um and I think you said in your book it doesn't mean that they're all forever people some of the people that we meet are temporary um some are to teach us lessons some are so that we can teach them lessons but the 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 truth of the matter is Everything happens in your life for a purpose and everybody comes into your life for a purpose. And it's how you react to that and what you do with that um, in recognizing that even if it's good or it's bad, um, coming to terms with it in general. Um, But again, I'm going to ask you the question (laughs) that I ask everyone who comes on the show, Um, Risa. um, What do you feel like through which you've been through um, that it means to be an old soul? <clears throat> an old soul. Even if you're not an old soul, just kind of like. Oh no, I think I am. <laughs> oh, she she goes. Oh no, no, girl, I am. Which I already knew you was, but. <laughs> um, and no one's ever asked me that, so I've never had to explain. Um, but if I had to say what I think it means for me, um, I think it's being very wise, um, and a lot of wisdom at a young age, and um. Like all, like I said, feeling different, feeling a little out of place, feeling like 
you outgrow things faster, but then you kind of want to, but then you're like, oh, but this is the thing to do. So then you might kind of like do things longer than you should have or do, you know, like sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, maybe 10 years ago, if I would have, you know, like before the author, like, you know, clubbing and partying and things that were fun at the time. But then it's like, sometimes you feel like, oh, this isn't really for me, Mm -hmm. but you do things that to like, you know, whatever is the end and stuff like that. And I think being an old soul is like, I think it's the definitely like the chosen ones. And I think it's ones that can have a knowledge and a wisdom that they find within themselves to like help other people um, and kind of like wise beyond their years um, that can, you know, inspire and um, have something in them that's just kind of like unexplainable. And especially if you want to tie it into like breaking generational curses and stuff like that, it's like, you know, maybe we feel things so strongly because we're really feeling things that we're meant to break. So, <laughs> oh my god, yo, that was a because I'm answer. definitely like, I mean, when I say I'm a failer, I'm like a failer. I am like, literally an empath. Yeah, I I'm am an empath. I feel, I, I, my nerve. You know, literally, my nerves. I can feel someone else's pain. I can feel things that. um is like I wouldn't want any, anyone else. And that's what made the pain I went through with certain things so like detrimental because it's like I literally, um, it's it's a physical, you know what I mean? It's an yeah. inside physical thing. It's a lot of emotion, a lot of, yes. you know, mental things. And um, wow. Yeah, so I would say an old soul is like, we're beyond our years for a reason. And we have to, I think it maybe took me some time to be, and I still am like okay with who I am mm-hmm. that I believe in real love. Like mm-hmm. I believe in things that a lot of people don't, you know, they're like shut off from. Yeah. And I'm like in this world by myself and I'm fighting these fights. Like, Facts. no, like this is real. And Facts. no, I believe in that. I yeah. believe in this and because I don't want to conform. That's the word. Exactly. I don't want to conform. I want to, I want to, I'm this person for a reason. You know what I mean? And even if other people don't, you know, don't go that way. It's like you have to be okay with who you are. Then it can be a hard place. It can be a lonely place. It can be like, you know, not feeling connected until you meet people along the way and you feel that alignment and then you find your people. And, you know, it's good to, it's, it's something to know that there's people for everybody, you know, um, and you don't have to dumb yourself down. You don't have to stay in a certain clique because, oh, well, maybe, you know, Cause they're making you feel like, oh, well, she thinks she's too good, or she thinks she's. It's like, no, this is just, yeah. <laughs> like I'm growing. I'm yeah. like every day I'm growing, growing. Even if I don't want to, it's like it's just happening. Facts, you know. So Facts. there's a reason for yes. you know everyone. I'm supposed to be who I'm supposed to be because there's people out here that need me. There's people that need you. There's people that need everyone along the way that to inspire and help. And so I don't know if that was the right good explanation, Yo. but. <laughs> It wasn't a good explanation. You just like actually define my term of how I personally feel about being an old soul in the young world because it's always oh, been old soul in the young world. Yeah, yeah, but it's all it's always been that old soul vibe. Like I knew things at a young age. I knew what was right from wrong. I knew that I was discerning things before I even knew what the word discernment meant. I felt it. I Mm -hmm. internally, physically felt it. If somebody made me upset, I would 
physically react to it. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not saying fighting, but like emotionally, you know, you feel things different and that's okay. It's okay to feel things. Even if this world around you is telling you to be cold, people in your life are telling you to give up. Things are mm-hmm. telling you to not be you. Continue to be that unique self, that higher self. Because once you embrace that part of yourself, that old soul aspect, like the genuine truth, the honesty, the emotion, the vulnerability, that leads to other people doing the same. So, you know, once again, Risa, I can't, I cannot thank you enough. Um, You literally, like, I appreciate your energy. I appreciate your vibrations. Um, It's, it's, I really don't connect with many women who understand mentally, like you say things that I have only said to myself. Mm -hmm. You say things that I've only said when I'm praying. You know what I'm saying? And like, that to me is so divine in that right there is an old soul vibe. So, you know, we're just going to end it with that. That rhymed a little bit. We're poets. So we're going to end it on that note. Um, But Risa, I do want to give you the opportunity to let people know where they can find you on social media, if they want to reach out about a book, if they just want to hit you up to talk um, or buy your books, where they can do that. Um, so on all platforms of social media, I'm Risa Wright around the board. Um, Instagram is Risa underscore rights, but everything else is just Risa Wright. My website is RisaWrites.com. My email is Risa Wright without the S at gmail.com. If you want to email me, if you have a question, if you have a, you want to write a book or you just want to talk, um, I'm here. And, um, yeah, again, I'll just leave it with, if you have something so deep inside of you and it feels as strongly, it's there for a reason, no matter what it is, whether it's something telling you to get away from something or it's telling you to go towards something. But, you know, um, they say all the time that women, we're really, we're given the gift of intuition and it's there for a reason. Um, and we really can change the dynamic. Um, this is something I've been saying to a lot of women is just like, we can't, we, we also can't, um, have to stop placing blame and take our own accountability. And when we rise up and we set our standards higher and we, you know what I mean? Yeah. We can set the tone for a lot of things. Um, You know what I mean? It's been a lot of men and women, you know, beat down and put down and all that. Um, Mm -hmm. But we can only, you know, men can only do that for themselves and women can only do that for themselves. But it's like, I'm definitely now an advocate of like, let's just keep doing better. You know, let's just like keep growing within ourself and set a higher example and try to get things back. Again, the old soul life is like, I call myself a old school, I believe in like old school love, but I'm like a modern day woman. So like I'm an independent woman, but I do believe in like the old school, like yeah. the love and the real love and all yeah. that. Um, and let's just get back to that. For sure, for sure. Thank you so much, Risa. Again, like you are amazing. If you guys, like I said, haven't checked out Risa's book, make sure you go pick up a copy. Make sure you hit her up. This literally helped me where I am at right now after what the struggles I've been through to read her book put me at a different level of higher self, a different level of mindset. And I want y'all to know wherever you stand right now, you are on your purpose. You are on your journey. It is already working. Even if you think it's not, it's already in the process of becoming. It's already in the process of happening. You know, so for these next like week, you know, let go of the stuff that you've been holding 
holding on to. Forgive the people that you've been putting that hate towards and work in a love mindset, work in a love state, and you will see the change around you start happening. I'm trying to apply that to my own life. I know Reese is trying to apply that to her own life. And every single day, it's about taking the steps so that you can get to the end goal, but not just focusing on that end goal, enjoying the journey, enjoying the process, and knowing that the growth will come with it. So everybody, make sure y'all check out Risa Wright and tune in with me next week on Old Soul in the Young World with your host, Jesse Elliott.